welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Uh, uh, recorded once again, Helter Skelter around the New York City metropolitan area. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor, Publishers Weekly, um, editor of PW Comics World and editor of the Fanatic, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Yes, I'm, I'm broadcasting here or webcasting from the Lower East Side this time. Back, we, we, we've taken a step back. Yeah. But anyway, check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the editor in chief of The Beat, the new site of comics culture. And, uh, you can check us out on Twitter at PW Comics World. And yes, we have regressed yes, to have. early 20, you know, 2020, 20, yeah, early 21, back, it's, back in time. Back to the future, sad to say. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, we got so caught up in the spiel that yes. I, I lost track. <laughs> yes. And, I'm Kate Fitzsimmons, and I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on the Apple Podcast app, on Google Podcasts, and on Stitcher. And on, and on Facebook, hallelujah, we're back uh, at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And don't forget, you can leave us a comment on any media, anytime. Uh, please leave us a rating, give us a thumbs up, um, subscribe. If you want to keep listening to this podcast, please show your support so we can continue to do this. We love doing it, and we love hearing from our wonderful, wonderful listeners. Talk to us. Yeah. All right. Hey, this week on More to Come, graphic novel sales keep exploding, <laughs> and they just exploded again. Dark Horse sold. Ah, uh, Image Comics and the Comic Book Workers United, the union is certified. Ah, uh, uh, the Comic Beast Annual Survey of Comics Creators. Um, uh, we're going to take a look at the most read comic stories in PW in 2021 and the Comic Speak Person of the Year. Coming right up. So, um, Hey. So, hey there. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. happy they holidays. still say that on first week of the year. Um, yes. And I, I know I've been just trying to get back into the frame of mind to work uh, with all the Oma crap going on here at, at you know, COVID, t- COVID town. A good, good, yes. term in, good terming there. I like that. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, dear listeners, uh, this host got Omicron, and yes, I was fully vaccinated. So be uh, careful out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. We, I, I walked the streets past like, uh, you know, anaconda like lines to get tested, uh, um, took a trip upstate and back <clears throat> masked up. But, um, <clears throat> hopefully this is a short term surge and we'll be, we'll back, we'll be back to some version of normal again. Yeah. Well, I have to say. Maybe. I- However long this lasts, it's probably going to be really great for the publishing industry because yes. <laughs> uh, in today's Publishers Weekly, uh, Jim Milliard had uh, the story print books had a huge sales year in 2021 uh, and fiction was way up. A unit of print books rose 8.9% in 2021 over 2020. So books are not dead um, and units are up like, uh, you know, 80 million, but the sentence that we liked was this one. Um, read it. 
Adult, uh, pardon me, yeah, within adult fiction, the graphic novel genre had the biggest increase, with units jumping 109.3%, followed by fantasy, which saw sales rise 45.3%. The top wow. seller in the category was the backlist title, The Mole, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse by Charles Maxey, was sold about 955,000 copies. That's a but, lot of comics. Yeah, about 109.3%. <laughs> That is very impressive. And, of course, it's led by the, you know, massive surge in manga. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I tweeted this number as soon as I saw it, knowing that I would get a delightful response. And, which I did, got retweeted, thank goodness. And, uh, but then, you know, naysayers are like, well, it's manga. I'm like, well, (laughs) what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? I know. But then a lot of very knowledgeable people chimed in as well. Uh, talking about how, um, you know, like John Jackson Miller has, it's, like comics are up everywhere. They're up in comic yeah. shops. Even superhero comics did not have a crappy year in yes. 2021. Yeah. I mean, and your point, uh, you know, behind closed doors, America is buying comics left and right. And you know what? They're buying from a wide variety of comics. There's, there is a whole, there's a buffet of comics, uh, more kinds of comics than ever before. Yeah, and you what? know what? I just I just saw a tweet from Ash Avenue Comics, uh, which is Tempe, I guess that's Tempe, Arizona, best place for comics and graphic novels. And uh the this tweet is so happy to see that lots and lots of comics are being read these days. Our twenty twenty one sales of graphic novels and trade paperbacks were up sixteen percent over twenty nineteen, and that is for our little retail shop that was dealing with the pandemic and global printing and supply chain disaster. So fabulous. So, I mean, we're finding this silver lining, if you want to call it that, this, you know, this this sunlight, uh, you know, through the clouds of incredible content sales. And it's a, this is across the board, but comics yeah. seem to be doing especially well. All right. So, um, okay. more uh, to come. No well, doubt. yeah. So and that was for 2021. But then if you look at the last, for instance, the last MPG, the last uh, bestseller list, the weekly. You also oh, see yeah. a bunch of the titles we've been talking about all year. Laura Olympus, for instance, oh, of course. which also Best points Laura. to another big story from the year. I mean, the rise of of the Korean comics and webtoon model. Um, uh, what else are we seeing here? Um, there's there and there's several new big manga bestsellers too, like Chain, this Chainsaw Man, in particular, and just Kaizen. Uh, Kate, you know, are you familiar at all with these models? I mean, I know what they are, but Jujutsu Kaisen, I'm I'm pretty familiar with that yeah. one. So these are all very high on the uh, uh, on the the weekly list as well. Yes, just you know, preview. So I'm hoping at the beat to have more sales analysis of book scans, end of the year charts, and you know, Calvin, I'm sure Publishers Weekly will have more too. Just a reminder: these yep. were adult sales. This did not include yes. kids' comics, which yes, are. Good point. Which are even more huge. But you know what? I'm looking at the numbers, actually. Uh, oh, surprise. Yes, I might have a secret sneak. And um, you know what? Uh, the adult uh, manga has uh, really just blasted through everything, yeah. just blasted uh, even, you know, through kids' comics. Uh, it sold even more than kids' comics. There's some manga. They yeah. do YA manga in the, the adult list. But anyway. Lots and lots and lots and lots of comics were sold. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Manga's just really exploding, and and it's on the digital side also. Yes, I mean it's just incredible. I mean we talked we talked about how 
you know, they they can't even get time on the printing presses. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is obviously, obviously the timing. Um, but there is something to be said for content as well because um, when manga has gone through dry spells, it's when they don't have any new hits. But right. this has been a strong year for new hits. Yes. Or for, for ones that are up-and-comers. I mean – Spy X Family has done amazing, obviously Jujutsu Kaisen, like a bunch, mm-hmm. a bunch of relatively new titles, not just the old favorites. Yeah, Chainsaw have been, you know, yeah, their big have hit, been yeah. selling well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you really can't, you can talk about industry factors all you want, but you can never underestimate the power of of a really good new comic. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. In fact, as we go as we go through the program today, really, um, the manga sales is one of PW's most read comic stories of the year. I mean, yeah. yeah. Our, our annual manga feature on it yeah, was, was right up there, and it was about this very topic that we're yeah. talking about. Anyway. Well, if, if you people want to buy comics, they also seem to want to buy comics publishers. So we teased this story, I think probably the last <laughs> time. I'm, I'm glad. You know what? I'm You're a professional. Broke. I'm a professional at this, you guys. I really am. I love it. Um, and, uh, we, uh, we talked about this on a past episode that there was scuttlebutt that Dark Horse would be sold. And, uh, a couple days before Christmas, it became, uh, it was officially announced that Dark Horse has been acquired by Embracer. A Danish gaming company, um, but it's really kind of a whole, it's really a holding company. I, Calvin, did you investigate this story at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it a holding company. It's the Embracer Group. They're a video game development company. They've got about 9,000 employees around the world. Um, they've got some pretty big brands, as I understand it. Um, let's see. What, what else do they do? They have, um, uh, see, they have uh, they have a variety of operations groups. So, I mean, they I mean they, they oversee a variety of things. They have a catalog of over 250 gaming properties, Borderlands. Even I know about Borderlands, right. Saints Row, Darksiders, yeah. World War Z. They have more than nine thousand employees in forty countries. I play zero video games, and I recognize those names. Huh. Yes, yeah. Um, uh. And, and you know, and they had purchased Asmodee, which is one of the biggest uh, board game companies okay, out there, there just recently for three billion dollars. Now the price of Dark Horse was not disclosed, sadly. No. no. So no. Um but they Probably they apparently acquired dollars. um they acquired a company in, in roughly two pieces, uh an eighty percent stake that was held uh I think by obviously by what the the Chinese uh, a seller based Vanguard in Hong Kong, Visionary. China. We talked about this, I think, on the same show you mentioned, Vanguard Visionary Associates, uh, and the twenty percent stake that was still owned by um, uh, Mike, Mike Richardson, Richardson the CEO, and Neil Hankerson. Okay, this, can this, you guys this, say that again? Because you both said the same thing on top of each other. The 20%, uh, well, the twenty was held by who? Mike Richardson, the uh, the founder and CEO of Dark Horse, and uh, Neil Hankerson, the COO. Of Dark Horse, who will, and both of whom will continue in their roles directing the company. Uh, at this point, there has not been any talk of a restructuring or layoffs. Uh, it looks as though possibly, at least in the short run, the country is going to be run on a, you know, kind of on a separate basis. So. Yeah, that was, that was the scuttlebutt that I heard as well, that Embracer 
doesn't really restructure the companies. They really just acquire them and, you know, run them. And, and, um, you know, there was a lot of talk of transmedia in their press release. They yes. also put out a slideshow. Did you see the slideshow they put out? I you did know, not see the slideshow. That explained why Dark Horse is a great fit for their company. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, I, it's, I, I thought it was funny. They're from Sweden, basically. Yes, they're Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they use the word transmedia so much because I thought that term was outmoded, but, uh, I guess not, you know, and Dark Horse owns a lot of IP. And um, now Embracer yeah. does. I mean, I actually do think uh, it's a good fit in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, obviously they're both storytelling platforms, one of which is constantly looking for new content. Uh, we've talked, in fact, about how Dark Horse has kind of hit um, a mother load uh, with doing art books about yes. video games. Uh, and they talked in their press release about their uh, their print possibilities. Uh for embracer, you know, brands and and dark horse. So, we may see some cross and stuff on comics and, and video games. And I do feel um, you know, there was of course anxiety about whether this means dark horse is going to be dismantled or taken apart. Um, and you know, I would actually I you know, some props to Mike Richardson, the the founder of Dark Horse and you know, he's been the president for 30 plus years. Um, you know, he already sold the company. <laughs> you know, he he already sold it. To a Chinese, and and that happened two or three years ago, and and nobody noticed. You know, in fact, I had to remind people that this happened. Sure, yeah, and then he sold it again. So he, in a weird way, kind of had his cake. He kind of ate his cake and had it too. Yeah, Uh, and then there was a third cake. Yeah, (laughs) so he's clearly a hell of a baker. I mean, he sees a full cake out of a hat. Running it, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, in comparison. Dark Horse is a pretty tiny company in comparison to with the Embracer Group. I mean, yes. nine thousand companies around employees around the world, yeah. and I think Dark Horse has like a hundred and eighty-one employees. I, I think it has a hundred. That's uh, yeah. Of course, this is across their three business units, yes. which is like oh, Dark Horse yes, Entertainment, include, yes, and the small and their their retail footprint as well. Correct. So uh, uh, this is very interesting. Um, and certainly it looks like it puts uh, Dark Horse on solid financial footing for the future. It does. And I, I actually do see this so, uh, as a positive for now. Uh, you know, I don't see uh, dire tidings for Dark Horse as opposed to a few other companies. And, you know, there's it's rumored that uh, Boom is per- perennially rumored to be on sale. Um, you know, IDW, as we know, has been having some a lot of – pains uh, lately sure. and so you know i think this was a i think this was a solid move of course there'll be changes eventually you know yeah. mike is mike is a man i th- believe he's approaching 70 if he isn't 70 already and you know he's not gonna keep you know eventually he is just gonna retire and and this is really uh building the runway for that yeah yeah that's it looks that way so um hey kudos you know yeah yeah, uh, so Kate, there was a couple of other acquisitions over the holidays. Oh, yes, indeed, there was. So, listeners, if you have been in anime for a while, you may have heard the name Sentai. Um, it is one of the old, old licensors and distributors of anime in the United States. They're very old school. You probably seen their booth at conventions long after the other people weren't selling their own DVDs at a con. They have been bought by AMC. Yes, not the movie theaters, the television network. 
and along with their streaming service, High Dive, um, which is quite underrated. So AMC is going to be bundling it into whatever their streaming plans are. And um, I suppose there's more to come on this. But it's uh, not not a pairing I would have expected, although it's certainly not a GE buys a a comic company kind of situation. Uh. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is a television company buying a television company. So it makes sense in a weird way, but I'm still trying to jive AMC and well, I think anime. everybody wants streaming content right now. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think everyone but wants mom, anime. I think yeah, anime is huge, everyone huge wants on Netflix. It's not. It's not that you know. It's it's not that hard to figure out. Everybody wants to to get in on this. You know, and you know, Squid Game with live action. Now we're seeing K dramas. You know, an explosion mm-hmm. in that Hellbound. So yeah, I mean, hell, hell, Hellbound. Yeah, more to come. Um, but you know, also, uh, this story just broke today and I haven't really had time to investigate it, but it sounds like the CW is on the block. Uh, it sounds like it's a loser. So it has been, yeah, the the real news is that apparently it's been a money loser for its entire lifetime. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the CW is not a streaming network. It is a network network, an old Hmm. school network of actual, you know, what do they call them? Linear TV. Uh So, um, I guess that isn't as profitable nowadays, but, but it's not even a nowadays thing. The CW has been around for a long time and the dirty laundry that got aired with this is that apparently the CW as a whole was never making money. Wow. Ever. Individual shows might, um, for example, Supernatural and I believe sort of the Arrowverse were mm-hmm. as as show properties, but the network itself continually lost money for Warner Brothers. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> well. Well, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll just be converted. All those shows will just be converted to more streaming, you know, um, because linear networks are not where it's at anymore. There you go. Yep. Uh Um, So, uh, okay, so we had a couple of looks back at the year. um, And over at The Beat, we run our annual creator survey. So that's been running this week. Uh, As you listen to this, day five, the final part Mm -hmm. will have run. And, um, you know, a lot of... Are you, are you jumping to that or before we mention um, Image Comics? Oh, I'm sorry. I had the wrong story list. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but just to, just to jump in, uh, basically, the union certification vote at Image Comics has gone through um, the Comic Book Workers United. Uh, the uh, bargaining unit won. I think they had a vote. Uh, this just came out today, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Image Comics is, uh, I assume, bound to recognize the new bargaining unit, and um, they will have to create uh, the uh, the bargaining unit, which I think is about ten, nine or ten employees. <clears throat> uh, they will begin negotiating a new contract. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, well, let the, kind games, of historic here. let the games begin. This is absolutely yeah. historic. Uh, the vote was seven to two. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not even sure there are, uh, you know, management is not allowed to vote, obviously. I'm yeah. not even sure there's more, uh, workers than there are management at Image Comics. So this could yeah. be a very small minority of the employees, but it's the rules. Yeah. 
That well, it's, I it's almost wonder if that's part of why some of them were officially classified as management. Well, I'm sure, uh, Kate, I guarantee you that whatever the people at Image got their titles, it wasn't because they thought they were going to unionize. <laughs> yeah, you can believe yeah. that. This idea is <laughs> definitely a, a new wrinkle that just emerged during the lockdown, during pandemic times. I mean, it's been very interesting because really, uh, I mean, the official statements from Image have essentially been noncommittal. They don't want to oppose it, but they clearly don't, uh, in my view. Uh, reading the, 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 the statements that they make, including uh, refusing to voluntarily uh, recognize the union, which were, because of the, uh, the bargaining union clearly was in favor. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see them going forward because I think that uh, management is in a very uncomfortable situation. Oh, yes. More to come on that. Yeah. Um, but but the Image Union was one of the top stories yeah. mentioned in my the Beat Creator survey. Uh, yeah. Just take that back. And uh, that absolutely, I asked people to look at what was the biggest story of the last year and what they think will be the biggest story of the coming year. And I will say the Image Union was probably one of the most named stories for mm-hmm. the biggest story of 2022. Um, the other story uh, probably that a lot of people mentioned was something we've talked about in the podcast which is, you know, book bannings and uh, mm-hmm. the battle in schools and libraries to keep books on the shelves, a battle to keep remove them. And this is, a, you know, there's a really impassioned statement from Maya Kobab about this uh, on the survey. And I should uh, also say, because the, the survey is a really interesting cross-section of the industry, um, uh, the uh, uh, retail, distribution in the direct market, P- uh, PRH entering, Marvel uh, distributing Marvel floppies that seemed to come up quite. Oh a, yes, of quite course. A that was a huge. That was a huge, huge part of it, um, as well. And I, you know, I, I will say, uh, this is the roughest time of the year um, for all, you know post holiday malaise and then you know January uh, seasonal effective. And you know, I asked creators what they've learned in the second year of the pandemic, and I have to say. Just going through all these answers and editing them and reading, you know, people say, oh, what's your guilty pleasure for the next year? It's like hugs, <laughs> you know, or what yeah, are you looking yeah, forward yeah, to? Yeah. It's like, you know, sleep. Yeah. I've Don't learned I need, I need to sleep. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've learned I need to leave the house. I mean, they were so – they're really, really touching touching, and, and really yes. kind of – like there's a there lot of – A lot of the uh, – you know, as much as I hate people, you know what? Maybe I should go out and – it's really right? not a bad idea right? to talk to them they're, every now and then. Yeah, and there's you know there's a lot of heavy hitters in this like Raina Telgemeier, Mark Siegel. Um, yes, you get everybody. And, and you know to to see somebody like Mark Siegel just saying, "Oh, I've learned I have to sleep." Is yeah. it's very touching. I was very very touched to read all those responses. So, um, but Calvin, you had the the top stories for PW also. I, you know, I will, but I want I do want to mention one other person that I encountered in your survey that I thought had an interesting take. Eric Reynolds, uh, who oh, described. Yeah. The the, um, the uh, distribution uh, churn as the breakup of Diamond into three smaller monopolies. So I think that's an interesting topic um, to maybe pursue further. An interesting way to describe the the new landscape of distribution in the direct market. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, very funny. Yes, but we also this year uh, we also put together every year the most read. Uh, stories in comics each year and let me call it up here. And I did, we did, now I basically do a, a, um, a top 15 look at the traffic, the best stories again. So, 
so you'll find if you go to publisherswiki.com slash comics, you'll see the list of t- the most read stories of 2021 in the top 15. Well, I will do a quick countdown, but among them, uh, the 15th most popular and most read story was, uh, was, um, Alison Bechtel winning the uh, PW graphic novels, um, critics award. But if you drop down through this, we have, um, the Eisner winners at number 13, I'm um, number 12, excuse me, Brew Ripper, Yang, Tomine went big at 2021 Eisners. Uh, uh, Heidi, your, your feature was number 11. Uh, libraries sus- look to sustain a surge in, 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 uh, which I guess we already talk about in graphic yeah, novel series. That's also my story about streaming, driving. driving Absolutely. Off yeah. Let's see which one was that one? That at? was at uh, 14. That was number 14. Okay. That's very good. Um, New York Comic Con and Anime NYC were like lockstep. Uh, Anime NYC was number 10. W, uh, NYCC back 150,000 to 10 was number nine. And, um, uh, we had, I, if we jump down to the top three, we have an interesting group here. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, we have, uh, um, Edgardo Miranda uh, Rodriguez's La Boring Kenya, his super, his Puerto Rican superhero was the, nu- the number three most Red comic story on PW. And it's a story by Bridget Alverson, uh, about the comic book superhero, but also about how, uh, Edgardo really has used the character, uh, the character to, uh, galvanize support for Puerto Rico. And it looks at how the, how the character has, has raised money, what he has done in the past to build it into a property. So it's an interesting look at, uh, a comics creator on one hand who's actually using the comics to, to build social, uh, as a, uh, as a social activist to uh, to support the people of Puerto Rico, streaming anime list manga sales. We were talking about that earlier, obviously, by Deb Aoki. Uh, this was back in March, and it just talks about how manga is exploding in sales. <laughs> and the number one, the most read comic story of 2021 in PW, DC Comics leaves its legacy behind by Rod. Uh, Salkowitz, uh, a piece of, you know, a thought piece that he did on what the heck is going on at DC mm. Comics. So there you have it, folks. Go to publisherswiki.com slash comics. Yeah. And that's a good look at, that's a pretty nice little capsule of the year. So, uh, as we're recording this, this has not yet been announced, but, uh, it's part of my creator survey. I also asked who should be the comic industry person of the year, and it will have been announced by the time you listen to this, I hope. So, um, uh, but the person of the year is, you know, Gene Yang has won it twice. Reyna's won it. Um, you know, back when New 52 came out, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee won it. Um, Emil Ferris won it. But this year, you know, most of these creators, this year, uh, somewhat behind the scenes, and I think somebody very, very, um, fitting to win, which is Agent Judy Hansen. Yeah. Um, a huge friend of this podcast and, you know, she is Reyna's agent. She is Gene Yang's agent. She is Kazuki <laughs> Buishi's agent. She is Scott She's McClatt's Jerry, agent. Jerry Craft's agent. You know, <laughs> you, you begin to see a pattern. And she's here. Scott McCloud's agent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, you know, you can say, oh, well, she just got a good eye, but you know, when you see this many like bestsellers, um, with one person driving them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Because, well, I mean, yes, she has a good eye, but let's be honest, there's a lot of really great stuff out there that never gets a good publishing deal. So, you know, a good agent is not to be underestimated. And no. I, 
I can also say this about uh, about Judy, and and you know this as well, Heidi. Uh, she's a uh, she's a hard nosed business person, and she's going to get the great deal. But you know what? She is an editor at heart. Yes. And she yes. she works with her artists. She she loves to read the material. She's she's part of the process. So uh, she she just you know she's the, she's she's a superstar. <laughs> she's a superstar. I'm going to read a couple of the comments that I got, uh, which I do publish anonymously. Judy Hansen, indefatigable champion of her clients, mm-hmm. fighting for their long term careers across mm-hmm. media, yep. an unrivaled knowledge of the graphic novel industry, and a role yes. in shaping it at so many levels for years to come. Um, Bingo. And yeah, yeah, your long-term careers, that nails it right there. Uh, no, another one. No single person I know has better insight into the trends in the comics and graphic novel industry. That extends to who is publishing what, what stories are finding a market, and where they are succeeding. She has tremendous insight into the minutiae of marketing and storytelling, and has been a terrific mentor for many emerging cartoonists. Um, so. Uh, great. Yeah. Could not, I couldn't have put it better myself. Could not, <laughs> no. I did this, what did you they know, say these days? I'll read one more. This is just um, that this was from Scott McLeod, who Judy is his agent, but he said uh, he could be attributed to him. Uh, Judith Hansen has been an important guiding light behind the scenes for decades. The recent barrier-breaking achievements of creators like Raina Telgemeier, Jean Luen Yang, and Jerry Kraft, and many of the key industry decisions that set the stage for those achievements were encouraged and foreseen by Judy Hansen, often yes. long before the philosophies that guided them were considered conventional wisdom. Judy has been a tireless advocate for her creators, myself included, but also for comics as an art form and an industry. Yep. Judy Hansen has been the person of the year behind the person of the year, year after year, and she's not done yet. So There you go. Yeah. Uh, word up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Um, yeah, congrats, congrats Judy, could not you be deserve more deserved. it and much could not more. Could not be more deserved. Yeah, I was, yes. yeah, I was surprised but really thrilled when I saw this. So yeah. Ha. Uh, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so let me see. We also have a couple of things here. Um, well, this Oma crap is, uh, just killing the comic book convention. Uh, yeah. quite rightly. Angoulême was to be held in end of January. Yeah. A bunch of people I know were going, not me, but, uh, but they're not going now. It's been delayed. Um, the Black Comic Book Festival, which is normally held, uh, it will, uh, at Schomburg here in the Bronx, um, it's gone digital. I just got in my inbox while we were going here. Um, but, uh, Fan Expo Portland, which is, was to be one of the first shows of the year, uh, it will not be held. It has been, um, canceled, not, not postponed, just canceled. Um, and, you know, we're just seeing a lot of shows. Everybody, you know, Winter Con, which is to be held in January, has been pushed to March. So yeah, everything's being pushed back. Awesome. So, um, I actually, while you were sitting here, if I just mentioned this, I actually did get an email back from Image Comics. I had oh. sent them an email asking for a response. Whoa, breaking news! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's breaking news. I mean, it, it's it's not in the, anything groundbreaking, but it, it's good that I got a response. And a quote, um, uh, according to an Image Comics representative, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, er, but this is from Image Comics. Uh, early this morning, the Communication Workers of America and the National Labor Rela- Relations Board vote results were tallied seven to two. In favor of unionization, everyone at Image is committed to this process, and we look forward to continuing to work together on this, end quote. Right. So it's you know, a very positive. Not, much, not very positive. Not much else they could say, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah. there you go. Yeah. 
anyway, thanks to Image Comics for um, yeah. uh, responding to my uh, well, question. Well, boy, well, there'll be more to come. The next time mm. we talk, boy, is there going to be more to come. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's cool. All right. So, yeah. So, where were we? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, well, I think we're going to the briefs, but I have a brief, which sure. is that, um, our, uh, Naoki Urasawa, the great mangaka of Japan, one of my all-time favorite cartoonists, has finally allowing his works to be published digitally. Now, he has been the big asshole out against digital. He thinks you need to read <laughs> it, uh, you know, if you don't read the spread, that yeah, yeah. page spread, it, it destroys it, and, you know, he finally came to jesus and he said that my that uh, in japan his works are being published uh digitally finally and you know mm. hopefully that means that here in america we'll be able to get them legally uh so as adora <laughs> yes. 20th century boys 21st century boys uh jigoro will all be digital and then monster followed by monster so yeah uh he good good going naoki good going well, I mean, this may have something to do with the fact that even as ma- manga sales have skyrocketed during the pandemic, apparently, according to some new uh, numbers that came out at the end of the year, so did manga piracy. <laughs> um, estimated financial damages uh, have escalated from $1.8 billion to $6.7 billion, um, if you believe that every – sale lost comes with every book downloaded. Um, so according to, this is according to uh, ABJ, author of Japan, a, a industry organization created to uh, fight piracy. So yes, yes, if, if uh, you know, piracy has, ex- has exploded like fivefold, over the pandemic, I can see, and and sales did too. I can see why people would just be like, "You have to get in on digital. You have to. You're leaving money on the table." Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the things people are most likely to pirate are the things that they cannot get legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they're like, like when it's not available legally, even normally law-abiding people. Well, like, yeah, they'll say like, like yeah. "Hey, I can't give you money for it, so what do I do?" Uh, yeah, yeah, I want it. I want the monk. I know it's get like, it any way I can. It's like so. me after I saw the Beatles uh, get back. You know, I was like, "Oh, I want to see Let It Be," but it's not available legally. So, what do I do? You stole it. <laughs> well, I haven't. I just saw I that. Know. That's what I would have to do. So, anyway. Anyway, yeah. Well. Uh, it, it, it seems as though manga publishers have come over our span of covering manga, the importance of digital. So uh, digital sales obviously have, have risen uh, uh, along those lines, but piracy has not gone away. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, as I, I announced, you know, this 109% sales growth of adult graphic novels, uh, the, the comics, you know, idiot um, cadre on Twitter, I, I – I, it took a little time to do a little victory trolling and, you know, they're all like, oh, well, it's manga. And I'm like, well, manga are comics. And, you know, like, well, you know, they don't ever really say why that doesn't count. You know, they don't say why manga aren't comics. But, you know, they're like, well, you know, superheroes. I'm like, you know, why can't you accept that the readers like this form of storytelling? Like, Yes, readers, and the comics don't mean one thing. Just I know. stop it. Well, I, yeah. stop it. It's a but universe I, out there of comics. But I, I – 
the this the, you know if there's a thread running through this episode, it really is the vast appeal of manga and anime around the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. hallelujah! It's yeah. true. Amen. Yeah, manga is enormously popular. Uh, it reaches all throughout. You know, it's tr- it's transformed American comics. It's a global phenomenon. Yeah, uh, you know, it's comics. <laughs> and it's additive, not subtractive. Yeah, absolutely. The amount of money and attention that manga and anime get doesn't take away from American comics. It brings more yeah. people into the fold of reading comics. Yep. And you know what I, what I love is that, okay, uh, you want superhero comics to be popular? Then have anime artists do them. <laughs> You really want you really want people to love superhero comics, you know, to get new readers, uh, to bring in people that never would have considered superhero comics before. Let an anime-oriented artist and writers take them on, and I think we're going to see that. Well, I mean, I will say, I would I would say <laughs> that's a a, a uh, simplification. I think it's a a creator in the American tradition who's influenced by anime and manga because sure. there have been numerous superhero manga and, and they sell, but they don't take over. What really sells is, is, you know, the cultural pollinate cross pollination. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. So yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. So what are we on now? We Uh, have another item? I think now we have some more briefs. More briefs. More briefs. So still in the land of anime and manga, um, you may have heard of Love Hina, um, which is a very popular, arguably harem manga. And... Or you may have heard of Negima, which is like a cross between Harry Potter and harem manga. Well, <laughs> Ken Akamatsu, the creator <laughs> of the very popular series, um, has something else up his sleeve other than harem manga. <laughs> and and it is uh, politics. So he has announced that he is going to run for office on a platform of freedom of expression. Um, his quote go, from Twitter goes, this has been reported by some media outlets, but I had a meeting at the headquarters of the Liberal Democratic Party. In order to protect freedom of expression, I have reached a decision to run in next summer's House of Counselors election. So Liberal Democratic Party, you guys, is um, Japan's most powerful political party. They don't have a two-party system. They have a one behemoth and a lot of David's system. Um, So he has a very high chance of getting elected. So, you know, there's definitely been censorship that occurs in comics Mm -hmm. and literature around the world, including in Japan. And it'll be interesting to see – Comic creators and politics and where that goes. Yeah, it looks that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, me... I mean, we've had politicians go into comics, but I I think this is the first comics that 
creator I've seen go, go into politics. So, I mean, is, is does he not do manga? I mean, I mean, when I first started, really was blown away by manga in, in, in the late 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, Love Hina was, was huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a monster. Uh, it certainly is a harem manga. But he he was you know the, the, his, those series both of the ones you mentioned were right in the they were the best sellers of that era. Um, but I don't know what what does he do now? Does he? I don't. Those series have ended, haven't they? Um, well, Negima is much more recent than Love Hina. Yeah. Um, he he did finish up um, Negima in 2012, but he also has a a, a, a sequel series uq holder um (laughs) (laughs) which is running and he also uh is the creator of the jcomi website which is a free digital distributor of out of print manga so say you created a manga and it's out of print and you want it to go digital and you own the rights he will distribute it for you interesting interesting Hmm. so i can see that that might be something that would be of interest to the same kind of outspoken comics creator who's also pulling for, you know, artistic freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's absolutely the case. Interesting. You know oh. what? I do have a I, – I didn't mean to interrupt. Do you have – you want to go ahead? I have one item I'd like to throw in. Throw your I, item in and then I'll throw my item in. Okay. My item is that um, – well, I think we bought, we've all heard of Black Sands Entertainment. Uh, they oh, were part of Heidi's panel uh, at Anime NYC. Uh, it is a um, basically a mobile web comics uh, app venture. It's been very interesting. It's devoted to creating black characters. Uh, it was founded by Emmanuel uh, Godoy and his wife Gazelle Godoy. Uh, they have also gone on um, to uh, oh, what's the the crowd the equity crowdfunding. Uh-huh. I think WeFunder. Which basically, uh, it's a ability where you can crowdfund and offer up parts of your company as equity investments. And he has raised a huge amount of money there. Uh, so he is going to be on Shark Tank on January 7th. That's, uh, Friday that's night. That's tomorrow night. That's tonight. Right? tonight. And that's on I the ABC, the ABC TV reality this. TV shows where Mark Cuban and others and the guest shark is going to be comedian Kevin Hart, very funny guy, uh, also insanely wealthy. So uh, that's a good combination for for Shark Tank. Anyway, and I gotta watch this. Manuel is uh, a a hard driving guy, a character, and a visionary. And uh, if you haven't seen him on TikTok, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, but you know what? He's put together a, a, an impressive company, and he is. In, he's using the uh, Korean model, so uh, uh, check him out. Uh, Black Sands Entertainment uh, versus the Shark Tank on January seventh. Okay, and in one more piece of uplifting, twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two news, um, the first manga review in space has occurred. Yes. So. Oh, yes. Isaku Mizawa, the billionaire who founded Zozo Town, uh, a Japanese uh, internet fashion retailer, has become the first space tourist up to the space station in a decade. And on his trip, 
he brought along uh, the manga Space Brothers by Chuya Kuyama, uh, which is a story about two brothers who are astronauts. Um, and so he's decided to bring this along <laughs> for reading material and tell everyone what he thought of it. I love it. <laughs> Namely, he liked it. Um, <laughs> I love it. A review from outer space. <laughs> yes, of a, a manga space. So as, as far as we know, this is the first manga review from space. And Mizawa has been criticized <laughs> for um, deciding to go to space and using his money <laughs> in this way, to which his response is, <clears throat> those who criticize are perhaps those who have never been to space. Probably most people, <laughs> which would be pretty much ninety, a hundred percent of the population. Right. But there you go. Yes. There you go. So, well, that's, uh, you know, there will be more to come on that for sure. Um, yes, yes. But yes. Um, well, guys, I, I feel like we've struggled through our first pad, our first podcast of the year, our first yep. podcast back on Skype, um, and <laughs> my uh, first podcast after just Surviving coronavirus. Yes, 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 right, so, yes. Yeah, well, there's many, many firsts for this, and you know, we—I don't think we quite had our regular rhythm, but uh, we muddled through. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's everything now is like you know, uh, put your head down and get it done. Um, we're, we're we're hanging in there like everybody else in the world right now. Uh, but you know, we're lucky uh, that we get to sit and talk about this incredible category, comics of all kind, uh, and you know, that ain't bad. Absolutely not. And uh, you know what? Uh, this is the highlight of the year so far for me. A highlight. A highlight. <laughs> there we go. So on okay. that note, yeah. There will be more to come. Bing bong. She's a New York character in the yeah. flesh yeah yeah totally um yeah. What, what's like... this bing bong thing <laughs> uh let's see 